Hello, everyone, and welcome to Diversify Her. I'm your host, Raven Hayward, and today on the show, I have Felicia Jasmine. Felicia is the founder of College by Her, and she is a Charlotte native and a graduate of the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill, where she double majored in psychology and sociology with a minor in African-American studies. Aside from being a member of the university's dance team, Felicia was heavily involved in programs that helped introduce minority students to UNC and the opportunities that lie within higher education. After graduating in 2017, she went on to pursue a master's degree in social work from the University of South Carolina and went on to work at Yale University practicing family therapy. She is now a therapist at UNC Charlotte, serving college students and creating initiatives for students of color specifically. Thank you so much for joining me today. How are you doing? Thank you for having me. I'm really excited. Yes, I'm really happy that I was able to have you on my show. I'm actually planning to attend UNC Chapel Hill in the fall, so I'll be a fellow Tar Hill like yourself. So I'd love for you to just start off by telling me about yourself and your journey for how you got to where you are today. Yeah, so um, in high school, I took an AP psychology class that I absolutely loved. Um, and so that is what really started my interest in therapy, mental health, psychology, all of those things. Um, and funny enough, my AP psychology teacher also went to Chapel Hill. Um, and so he was, you know, of course, very uh, much a Tar Heel and wanted me to go there. And so in high school, I also attended Project Uplift um, as a high schooler. And so being exposed to the campus, um, it was a great experience. And that for me was like, oh my gosh, I have to go to UNC. Um, so that is then how I um, landed there. Um, and then throughout my experience at Chapel Hill, getting to work um, Project Uplift all four years of college as well, which was really fun um, with all the people. Um, that I get to meet as an un- incoming student um, and also to just working with my peers and my friends um, to run Project Uplift. So that was great. Um, and then from there, graduated from UNC and went straight into grad school um, at South Carolina for social work. And so that was a two-year program um, and then left from there and went to Yale for two years. So a lot of moving around. Mm-hmm. Um And, you know, while I was there, I became a licensed clinical social worker um, and so decided to move back home um, since I was so far away from family. And also, I'm just a Southern girl, so up north is really not for me. Um, So I decided to move back home, and that's how I ended up at UNC Charlotte, um, working in their counseling and psychological services department, um, doing therapy with students, and as you mentioned in the bio, um, specifically doing initiatives on campus for um, students of color. Right. So I also attended Project Uplift, but unfortunately it was virtual due to COVID. And I know my brother, he also did Project Uplift. I'm pretty sure that's how you two met. So Uh for the listeners that aren't familiar with Project Uplift, could you just give a brief explanation as to what exactly that is at UNC Chapel Hill? Yeah. Um, So Project Uplift is a program to um, help introduce minority students to Chapel Hill um, and also to to show them that, you know, you can succeed here. There are people here that look like you, um, all of those pieces. And so it is um, like the Thursday, Friday, Saturday type of situation. And so it's really fun when students get to spend the night on campus um, and we're able to give them a tour, show them around. Um, There are like different panels where they hear from maybe different professors and people in different departments to just learn more about like what UNC has to offer. Um, There, of course, is time for them to interact with current students to learn about different organizations and clubs and, you know, what 
what UNC has to offer from the students' perspective. Um, there are also like social pieces to it. There's a dance um, and all those other things. And so a really fun experience. And every summer um, is four different weeks. And so um, as a student at UNC who worked at Project Uplift, you could be like an RA or a counselor or these other roles. Um, and mm-hmm. then you kind of get to like be in this mentoring relationship um, as you're kind of showing your campus to these high school students. And then it's really fun um, when, like you mentioned with your brother, Jalen, like have being in that position and then when they come on campus and then I was mm-hmm. on campus that was my senior year when he was a freshman um and so getting to be at UNC together was like really fun too yeah it seemed really fun I wish I could have actually gone in person but I'll be in person in the fall for my freshman year so I'll still get so the, exciting. the How great are you feeling about I'm, I'm really excited about it I feel like Project Uplift was like the kickstarts where I really knew that UNC is what would feel like home for me. And then also just seeing Jalen's experience, I feel like I'll really enjoy myself there. But um, for my listeners, I know as minority girls of color, you know, sometimes going to a PWI, everyone may not feel as accepted. So do you maybe have some pointers or just from your experience alone with attending multiple PWIs? I know you also went to Yale for two years, UNC Charlotte, um, South Carolina, UNC, those are all PWIs. So was there ever a time where like you didn't feel like you belonged or as accepted? And if there was, then what did you do to sort of navigate through that? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, So I think one thing that I can appreciate about UNC um, Chapel Hill is the community um, that people of color and then even more specifically that Black people have on campus. Um, And it's not just among students. It goes to like a Black person working in academic advising. Like we all know that's somebody we can count on and, you know, this Black person in housing and like all Mm -hmm. of these different pockets of campus. And so I think that community um, was something that really made me feel supported um, while I was on um, Chapel Hill's campus. Um, And then, of course, you know, being even within our group, right, being that minority group on campus, I think when different things were going on um, related to like Black Lives Matter, for example, or all those other things, like knowing that you had a community of people who like understood, even if other people on campus were, you know, saying or doing wild things, like you had this like safe haven. And so I think that's something that I really appreciated. Um, And it was different at South Carolina because in grad school, you know, you're not as involved and you're not doing a lot of the same things you're doing in undergrad um, Mm -hmm. because it's just like a different space. Um, And so I think at South Carolina, it was easier for me to feel um, like isolated. Um, But once again, I think the kind of thread through all of my experiences has been community. So like really relying on um, other Black people in my cohort and in my social work program um, for that community. And then same with Yale as well. And so I think um, my biggest kind of pointer or piece of advice would certainly be like finding that community and those people, um, whether they look like you or not, but those people who make you feel safe um, and you kind of feel seen. And so you have that point of connection like throughout your college experience. Right. And that's important, like you said, just having that factor of community built in. And I know, especially just with these unprecedented times, we really understand the importance of mental health and really checking on those that maybe you think are the strong ones. Like, I know I saw um, like a quote that was like, check on your strong friends too, just with everything that's really going on. So as a therapist, um, and you're now working um, in, in therapy at UNC Charlotte, um, for students that may be struggling like with mental 
health issues, what would be your advice for them? Or how exactly would you navigate through those issues if maybe you don't know who exactly to go to or who to turn to? Mm-hmm. That's a great question. So first, um, for college students specifically, um, Colleges have, you know, college counseling centers um, that is, you know, free as in you've already paid for in your tuition. So, like, I always encourage students to um, access that resource since it's something that's on your campus and specifically for you. Um, And I think a lot of times, whether it's like orientation or kind of those introductory things to campus, um, when you get to see the different organizations, a lot of times like your counseling service, people will be there. And so I think it's easier to ask questions in like those informal settings, right? Like if you're at some type of festival and they're there, you can ask questions about like, what is the process like to schedule an appointment or like, what do you guys do? Like kind of getting that information. And sometimes it's um, less scary to get it in like, you know, those outside of the four wall setting or like those informal settings, Um, or a lot of them I'm sure have web pages. Um, The one at UNC Charlotte is really um, detailed and like, here's what we offer. Here's how you make an appointment. Um, So I would certainly say, um, you know, to seek out that resource, like I mentioned, and kind of getting more information around what they do. Um, And then to knowing that there are, you know, additional resources on your college campus outside of therapy um, that your counseling center can probably also help and point you um, in the direction of, as well as, you know, you do have offices like academic advising and like your RA, like a lot of on college campuses, there's a lot of collaboration. Um, And so I feel like going back to this idea of community, when you find someone that you trust, um, and that might be a professor, that might be a person who works in your dining hall, like it might be somebody on campus, right? Someone who works at the library, Um, but being able to talk to that person and like you two working together um, to find the resources. I feel like a lot of times things can be scary when we feel like we're going through them um, on our own, but being able to like share kind of what's going on um, with at least one other person. And then maybe the two of you being able to like make up a plan of how you can best get support. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great advice. So just making sure that no matter what, there is someone there like to help you out at all times. So I understand that you have your own podcast titled College by Her. Um, could you just walk us through what inspired you to start your podcast and maybe some of the topics that you discuss on there? Yes. Um, So College by Her, the podcast is like a branch, so to speak, from um, College by Her, um, which I started when I was in college. Um, And the premise of College by Her as a whole is really helping and supporting um, Black girls transition um, from high school into college and then supporting them and their well-being throughout their college experience. Um, And that kind of started because one of my friends who was a year younger than me um, when I was in college after my freshman year, she's like, oh my gosh, Like I have so many questions, like, because I have an older sister who helped me a lot with that transition. And so my friend was like, I'm the only child. Like I, you had all of this like support, but like, what about me? Um, and so mm-hmm. I put on this event, a girl talk event over the summer um, where me and some of my other friends who had just finished up our freshman year, we all came together and like answered all their questions, like told them about our first year of college. Um, and they all really loved it. And they were like, this is something you should do every year. And so that's kind of how College by Her started. Um, and so it has grown in a lot of different ways um, over the past like seven, or eight years, I think it's been. Um, And so I decided to start the podcast specifically um, when I moved to Connecticut. um, I think that I felt 
you know, physically, of course, you know, removed from Charlotte and North Carolina, which was my comfort zone. Like I knew a lot of people and College by Her was very like word of mouth community oriented. And so mm-hmm. when I was away physically in Connecticut, I was like, okay, what is a way that I can still feel connected to people, even if I'm not, you know, physically on UNC's campus or physically in Charlotte doing like some type of event. Um, and so that's where the podcast came up. And I think another reason that I, I was really um, inspired to start it was because I was sent out like emails or sometimes do social media. But I was like, I don't really like this. Like I want to find some other like way to be more personable and really share um, what I want to say, because in the email, you know, it's different based on how someone reads it, where I'm like a podcast, you can hear my voice, you can hear like what I mean, Mm -hmm. all of those things. And so that's kind of what, you know, inspired me to start it. And in terms of topics, um, some of the topics, they range from everything from talking about, um, conflict with your roommate, to anxiety, to sleep, to exams, um, to deciding whether you're going to live on campus or off campus, like just a lot of different topics um, Mm -hmm. ranging um, that people experience, you know, in college. And of course, that intersection of mental health. Right. So that's that's amazing. I need to go listen to that for myself, definitely before I uh, end up going to school in fall. I know a lot of my listeners they either graduated last month or they'll be graduating this month. So right now we're sort of in that transition period, you know, where, you know, we're not in high school anymore. We haven't exactly touched down to campus yet. So we're sort of just in like this mindset of, okay, like things are about to change. Our Mm -hmm. life is about to completely shift. And I know some of my friends are anxious, but I myself, I feel like I'm kind of cool like I'm cool as a cucumber right now but I feel like it'll definitely kick in you know once I hit campus so do you have any advice for maybe things that we could be doing right now in preparation for when we get on campus Ooh, that's a really good question um and I would say yes because I'm really big on wellness and like you know, self-care, all of these things, but not doing them in a reactive way, right? So like, mm-hmm. I'm going to wait until I'm depressed to, to try journaling, right? I'm going to wait till I get really anxious to like try this thing. Um, and so I think this is a great question because what um, you and like your friends and anyone else listening can be doing this summer is like figuring out what type of things help you feel well um, and what type of things are helpful in managing your stress, right? And so like, for example, you know, working out that might be, you know, help someone a lot, someone else working out might cause them more stress, right? So <laughs> and using this time to experiment, right? Like, oh, when I wake up in the morning and go outside, I feel really peaceful. Or mm-hmm. when I, you know, take a break after having a rough conversation and watch a funny video, that's helpful for me. Like kind of taking note of what are things um, that are helpful because I think that then when you get into the semester and things are happening, you already know like, oh, when I go into nature, that calms me down. Or, oh, when I call this person or have a conversation with my mom, that's really helpful. Um, So just kind of like taking inventory of things that are like positively impacting your mental health, I think can be really helpful because then you kind of already had that toolbox, so to speak, um, when the semester starts. Um, And the last thing I'll mention too, is that I oftentimes tell my clients, like when we're in a period of distress, we fall to what we know, we don't rise to new expectations. Um, and so going back to what I was saying earlier, if like, let's say you want to start journaling, um, the day that you're like, maybe really, really depressed, 
you might not be as successful if you're trying to make that your first day of journaling, right? But it's like, if I've been journaling, let's say every day for a month, and then I hit a day where I'm not feeling as well, I'm going to be more inclined to journal because I've had that routine and that precedent. Um, and that's what I know to do as opposed to like trying to start this new thing when I'm in you know a stressful situation. So I think that can be really helpful um, to think about like wellness and self-care and all of those things as like a preventative and routine thing as opposed mm-hmm. to just something that we do when we're not feeling good. All right. So sort of like getting into routine and finding out, you know, what's good for our personal wellness and personal well-being. So that's something that I will definitely make sure to do this summer as my um, sort of bucket list before I go off to college. But I have a question for you. So when you first got to college, what's something that you didn't expect to happen that did happen. Maybe it's something that you learned about yourself. Maybe it's something that you learned about others, learned about just the whole college experience, but something that you learned. That is a great question. So many great questions. <laughs> um, so a lot of things are coming to mind. Um, but I think one thing that I didn't expect to happen was how can I say like so you know for example a lot of things that we may do like we might do for social media like I heard someone make a joke of like you know you somebody might buy this big Starbucks drink and like it's completely disgusting but like they're gonna take the picture and put it on Instagram right so like (laughs) things that aren't really helpful or like maybe don't really serve us but like we're doing them for other people right whether it's social Mm -hmm. media our friend group whatever um and so I think for me um Something that I didn't expect was like having to really pivot and do different things, even if like they weren't the things that looked good, if that makes sense. So like, for Mm -hmm. example, someone might post a picture of them like studying and have like music playing and like this cool layout all those things. Right. And I tried that my freshman year, but what I learned about myself is that I can't study with music. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's because I try to sing and like perform. At the same time. <laughs> and so like, I can't, I just can't do it. And so for me, if I, you know, wanted to stay cool or like, you know, stay doing what everybody else was doing, I probably would have gotten bad grades because I'm studying with music blasting or even if it wasn't blasting, but just music in general. And like, that just doesn't work for me. So I say all that to say, I think something that I didn't expect was like having to do things out of the box or like take that step to say like, oh, this thing that like maybe works for everybody else or maybe looks really cool. That doesn't work for me. And knowing that that's okay, um, and kind of adapting um, to that as well. That's a good point. Because, you know, you actually brought up something to me because I realized sort of through my whole high school experience, I've kind of been able to get away with just like taking really good notes and, you know, reading over the notes and then that sort of being my studying. But my brother, he told me quickly, he's like, yes, that's not going to work. He's like, God, it's not going to work. So do you have like any studying tips for, you know, when we have our first um, exam in college or like first midterm in college? What do you feel is the best way to really study and prepare for that? Yes. Um, so I too can relate to, you know, the gap that happened like in, I feel like sometimes in high school, you could also like, you'll just glance at your notes before like the quiz and you're like, oh, I'm good. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, that is definitely, you know, a difference in college. But I think one of the biggest like game changers when it comes to studying for exams in college is understanding in that particular class, like what 
is the exam, if that makes sense. And so, for example, you might have a class um, that might be more like memorization, right? So like, what does this mean? Like kind of that basic level of knowledge. Um, And so you might study using flashcards, right? Or different things like that. Um, But I think the biggest thing is college is knowing that you might study very differently for different classes and that that's okay. Um, And not feeling like you have to put yourself in a box of like, oh, if I make flashcards, if that's how I'm studying, I have to make flashcards for every single class, right? Because that might not make sense. For example, in like biology classes at UNC, um, the knowledge isn't like, like what is photosynthesis, right? It's like a scenario and it's like applied knowledge. And so that's very different studying, right? Then if you're just trying to remember remember something, um, that studying might look like you and a classmate getting together and seeing like, can we explain this process to each other? Like, and thinking outside the box because- College and UNC specifically is really big on like critical thinking, right? And so a lot of times your exam might be a step above like just memorizing the information. Um, But one thing I think that's good is that um, office hours, like you can literally go and ask your professor, right? Like what, what can I expect on this exam or what type of exam is this? A lot of professors will, you know, already share that with the class. Um, mm-hmm. so paying attention, um, in classes is really important. And then of course the syllabus, like a lot of times, um, they will make things really clear of like this information will be on the exam. Um, similarly to like I was mentioning with studying different, you know, you're going to review material different, right? If it's multiple choice versus an essay question. Um, and sometimes your, your professor will let you know that like, oh, it's just going to be three short answers. Um, so you know that, oh, I need to be able to explain this um, and not just memorize it because I'm going to have to write. Um, and so I feel like the biggest study tip I would say is understanding um, for that particular class, like what is on this exam and like how is it structured and then tailoring how you study to that. Yeah, that's really good advice because I know coming from high school, the syllabus, it's not really laid out how it is for like a college syllabus. Like a college syllabus, it tells you like every single due date for every single homework assignment, what to expect for like the following three months. Whereas in high school, a syllabus is more like, oh, these are the supplies you need. These are the units. And we'll just take it down day by day, pretty much. Mm -hmm. So As I come to the end of this episode, a signature question that I have is, what is one piece of advice you would give Gen Z listeners to go out and diversify themselves? I would say give yourself the permission to do things differently and try new things. Um, So similarly to what I was mentioning earlier about the studying piece, um, really like exploring and experimenting, that's a perfect word, with different things. So that could be as simple as, oh, I always study in my room. I'm going to try studying in the library today, right? And maybe you learn when you study in the library that like, oh, that didn't work. My room is better. And that's okay. Or maybe you learn in the library like, oh, I really liked being outside of my room. And so I think like the permission of just doing things differently um, and being open to trying things, I think this is really big, specifically when you're going to college And that transition as you're kind of navigating and trying to figure out, you know, what what is this? Um, Knowing that it's like a trial and error. And so, like I said, you might learn like, oh, I like 
when I go to breakfast in the cab, or you might be like, actually, I like when I make breakfast in my room, right? And like, mm-hmm. but you have to try both of those to know which one you like. Um, you have to try like, oh, do I like eating lunch before my 12 o'clock class? Or do I like eating lunch after? And like, so being open and giving yourself that permission and that grace to like play around with your schedule, play around with your routine, um, with the extracurricular activities that you do, all of those things. Um, and this is for, you know, just even if you're not in college too, but that permission to try new things and do things differently um, and being okay with change I think is important Mm -hmm. that's a really good one just being okay with change and going out exploring new things diversifying yourself literally diversify yourself try different things so where can my listeners connect with you online yeah, so everything is really simple. Everything is college by her. So the website is collegebyher.com, um, Twitter at college by her, and Instagram at college by her as well. Um, and then also college by her, the podcast, of course. So if you search that on Google um, or like on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, Google Play, it will come up. And then also, too, um, if anyone has any questions or wants to connect further, college by her at gmail.com is an email as well. Perfect. And I'll have that linked in the bio below. Thank you so much again for coming on. I learned so much. I hope you all listening did as well to remember to go out and diversify yourselves. And I'll see you next time on Diversify Her.